Listen to The Barry Morgan Show. Live weekdays noon to 3 on CJAD 800 and CJAD.com. Ten years since the De La Concorde overpass collapse in Laval, five people were killed. The poll question at CJAD.com today is, do you think our roads are safer now? Ninety percent of you have voted no, they are not. Do you agree with most of the respondents, or do you think roads here are safer, have become safer in the past ten years? Some of the world's top female chess players very upset. The next world championship will be held in Iran, where players are expected to wear hijabs or headscarves, Many of the players are saying they will boycott this event after they were asked to accept the uh, to accept this demand to wear a hijab and respect cultural differences. Should they wear the hijabs or should they boycott as far as you're concerned? Welcome back to the Barry Morgan Show and the free for all. You could text your comments to 514800. And with me both in studio, CJAD producer Matt Gite and Paul Gott, Concordia journalism professor. Paul's also the lead singer of the Montreal punk band The Ripcords. Gentlemen, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And good afternoon to everybody. And we are going to begin with this story that has a lot of people talking today. Quebec's health minister, Gaetan Barrett, saying there are too many doctors in Quebec and something has to be done about it. He's told the Journal de Montréal, Quebec has a surplus of 2,000 doctors and each year medical school graduates outnumber retiring doctors by about 350. So his answer is to begin scaling back medical school enrollment starting either in 2018 or 2019. It's the plan, at least. Barrett says that should really start right away, but the government wants to take a prudent approach. Well, did you ever expect to hear we have too many doctors, and what do you think of Barrett's solution to have fewer students accepted to medical school? Paul, you could start us off this afternoon. Well, I think if there was ever anybody who had any doubt that our uh, that our ruling political class are a bunch of idiots, I think that's been dispelled today. Uh I think, you know, the last time I heard something like this, the PQ was in power about 20 years ago. They had their virage ambulatoire, and they were going to shut down hospitals, and there were too many doctors, and we're going to make this all more efficient, and it's going to be great. And they destroyed the healthcare system, and it's still recovering from that. And we're just getting back there, and now we have another idiot. doesn't matter which party they're in, If it seems like. And the last time it was a doctor, too. The problem is... These guys are doctors, they're rich, they have connections, they've never had any trouble finding a doctor, getting an appointment, getting anything. My proposal The doctors is, themselves, you the, mean? Well, the, the health minister, yeah. The yeah. health minister yeah. has never had, had to sort of stand in line or in an ER and wait for 18 hours to see if his hand was broken or not. And then maybe have to go back the next day. Next day. So, like, I think my... My proposal on this one is we should not allow anybody who earns more than $60,000 a year to become a politician and specifically to become a health minister because then at least they'd experience the same thing that 95% of Quebecers experience and they'd be able to make decisions based on reality instead of whatever sort of paper that he has in front of him. Well, is, is that it, Matt? He's just completely out of, out, of, out of touch? I think the problem is that the way that we look at the healthcare system and the way that Gaetan Barrett looks at the healthcare system uh, are very different. You know, Gaetan Barrett has talked about how he wants every doctor in Quebec to be seeing more patients. Uh, and I think... That must be the only way you could look at the number of doctors here and say we have 2,000 too many is if you're thinking, well, all our doctors aren't pulling their weight. You know, if you can get all of them to take on more patients, then maybe you can make an argument that said, well, now we don't need these extra 2,000. But, you know, realistically, I don't think anyone wants to see what this province looks like with 2,000 less doctors. You go into a hospital, you go into a clinic, 
there's there's never not a crowd waiting. And the problem the problem with that, I mean, and it's a good idea to have that doctors should be seeing patients. The problem is Quebec has created this incredibly bureaucratic healthcare system. And it's the politicians who've done this who make the doctors do all sorts of extra work so they can't see as many patients. And, you know, if you want to see where we cut, you compare our healthcare um, uh, civil servants and you mm. compare the numbers to any other province. And we have like five times to ten times as many. Cut the civil servants, yeah. cut the government, certainly cut the health minister. Well, the, the, uh, the, uh, the health minister is saying that per capita there are more doctors in this province mm -hmm. than in any other province doing extra in the country. Work that, doing right. extra work that they've created and not seeing the patients because they're not allowed to see the patients because the health ministry has, has sort of burdened them with this crazy administration and, and the, all these crazy laws. And that's what makes it so frustrating. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's I, you know, you can understand, all right, there is a shortage of doctors. That's why you can't get a family physician. There's a shortage of doctors. That's why you're waiting so long in the emergency room. People at least would understand that. They could be very upset and frustrated with that kind of a situation. And then the problem, the, the question there would be, well, so how do we get more doctors? How do we attract, how do we keep more doctors here in the province? I mean, but we, of course, that's not the problem. We, we're, there, I, I was shocked to find this out, that we have more doctors per capita than the rest of the province. And yet, despite that, we're given all these tools and yet still failing but part to of, assemble but part the of product. those extra doctors a l large number of those extra doctors are forced away from major urban centers where they're really needed by the government rules that say if you're a new doctor you will earn two-thirds of the salary if you stay in an urban area so we're forcing doctors away from where they're needed it, it's all insane it's sort of like you've created this completely uh a system that just doesn't work and then you're blaming the people who you've imposed all your regulations on for the fact that you've made the system not work it's just insane yeah and it's true that, that we do have more doctors per capita here than anywhere else but it's also true that doctors here in quebec see less patients on an average day than doctors in other provinces and i think that i think that paul's right the reason for that is that the amount of bureaucracy that our doctors have to deal with is ludicrous. It's much higher than in other provinces, and as a result, it really hampers their productivity. They can't see as many patients, and they can't be where they need to be because we are so strict with every detail. I mean, the thing the thing is, if we have 2,000 too many doctors in this province, how many bureaucrats in the healthcare system could we also be cutting? It's, I imagine it has to be at least five for every doctor that we are. <laughs> it's already eliminated layers of bureaucracy, mm -hmm. yeah, which well, uh, to you know, and some people think that's a good idea, and others not so much. Is it is it ridiculous to to ask the question? Fewer doctors, they each make more money. Is that really the incentive here? I because we were we heard from a patients' rights advocate earlier today who said that you know doctors, and he didn't make that suggestion, but he did say doctors' unions are. They're trying to they're trying to dictate the workload. Mm -hmm. Well, so I, they, so the I, other... I just wonder if 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 this was is is there a way to interpret the idea that hey, if you have fewer doctors who are paid by the government after all, well, they get to share more pieces. Well, of the pie. The, but they already have that option to leave the public system and go into the private system, which I, you know is another topic entirely. Because mm -hmm. again, the government should not be allowing this, but uh, but they do, and you know nobody leaves the private the public system so they can work more hours and see more patients. They're, yeah. they're leaving because they're going to make more money and see fewer patients. So if the doctors really want to do that, they have that option and some have taken that option. Yeah. But the, the doctors who are in the public system, they're not, they're not doing that. And, you know, so I think that's just, that's a moot point. It's, it's just 
it's simply not true because they have already have that option and they haven't taken it. But for whatever reason, they might want to stay in the public system and not work in the private sector. I, I don't know why. I, I'm not a doctor I think myself. Very, if this is the people. case, I think that we'd see more doctors' unions pushing for uh, pushing the, the narrative that there are too many doctors. If they could get more money out of it, all I ever hear from doctors' unions is that they're overworked and they're stressed and they can't take it. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that, and I, I'd like to take everybody at their word. But look, let's face it, there are different interests for different things, and everybody wants as much as they can get. You know, again, I'm not saying that doctors are, are greedy or greedier than anybody else, but, you know, we're all human beings after all, and this was just some idea. If they want a big boost floated. in salary, they should become the health minister. Uh, I, I guess so. Uh, somebody <laughs> texted here, um, it's not doctors, it's too many politicians, yeah. guys. That's uh, that's from David. You can text oof, your oof, thoughts David. to 514 <laughs> Coming up to 1220, The Barry Morgan Show and the free-for-all with Paul Gott and Matt Gite 10 years ago today. The De La Concorde overpass collapsed in Laval. Five people were killed. Our poll question at cjad.com today is, do you think our roads are safer now? And about 90% say no, they are not. Do you agree with uh, the majority of respondents who feel that way? Or do you think our roads actually are safer 10 years later? Well, when I tease this, I heard Paul in the background giggling or snickering. So you got the first shot at this one, Paul. Well, you then my initial answer might not be what you expect. Oh, perhaps not. Because I actually... Don't I do think that the the at least the overpasses and things are safer simply because they did do the report and this may be the one government report in the last sixty years where they actually seem to pay attention. Which of and, course took a tragedy for them. To oh pay yeah, it took it. It yeah. took deaths because there was like a collapse beforehand on the uh, uh, on the twenty west. Uh, there was there was an overpass that collapsed five uh, five years before. Souvenir. They did nothing. Um, there being chunks that had fallen off on the carry. They did nothing. It took like six or five deaths and uh, six people injured to, to for them to actually make any sort of move. But, you see, I think they've done something even worse right now. Uh, what they've done is they've decided that, okay, we've, we've done that. Now we're going to, like, basically reconstruct the entire city of Montreal. Um, and they have created all sorts of problems. We, we you know we hear about cyclists getting hit. We hear about road rage incidents. We hear about... Um, accidents we heard those people that sort of went off the side of the 20 and got hit by a train you know there's the problem is you've created such an atmosphere of anger and confusion on the roads with all this construction that i think they've made it far more dangerous now just to be a driver or a pedestrian or a cyclist on our roads and i think it's positively dangerous and it's entirely the fault of deciding to reconstruct everything at the same time and not finish one project at a time. I guess some people would argue, though. To... I guess some people might argue, though, Paul, that it's so dilapidated that they can't wait. And Shirkot that isn't dilapidated. The, the 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 timing is such that it is brutal. There's no question about it. It's going to get even worse. So that's what may make our roads less safe is road rage. You know, that's the. They're gonna. You're gonna have to find your way downtown without using the Villemarie uh, East at a certain point. There's gonna be an alternate route starting in November. You know the roads themselves, though. I'd like to think are are safer. Although, I mean, there's so much infrastructure that still looks like it's from 1920. Mm-hmm. That's what's very frustrating and scary. You know, I agree that I I like to think that our roads are safer after what happened, but they really don't feel safer. <laughs> and I think that's the problem is that is that driving around the city, you don't feel safe you know my wife uh, only moved here a couple of years ago but whenever we're driving around she's always looking around at our overpasses you know our bridges at our streets and just asking like, are you sure it's safe to drive here you're sure it's okay yeah you're sure? it's, it because it really looks dangerous and it feels like you're in danger 
every time you drive have to drive under an overpass. That's why you don't look up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if, we... if you got any kind of fear in that, and which is very rational and and understandable, just don't look up. And I think a lot of us do or have. Like uh, the last most, I guess one of the most recent events was uh, the Vilmarie Tunnel. Remember, parts of that started crumbling. Yeah. That thank goodness that was on a Sunday morning, and nobody got hurt from what I remember, or worse. Uh, but yeah, especially since then, looking up a lot. But I guess it's always a better idea to keep your eyes on the road. Paul, you were going to say. Well, and it all comes down to the fact that we built a lot of this structure for the uh, for Expo and for the Olympics. And they sort of came up with this. We want to do this really quick. And we did. And they came up with this whole new system of, hey, you know that the fact that we used to put rebar and all sorts of uh, structure in our overpasses? We don't need to do that. Like, we've got this magical formula where we throw some pixie dust in with the, uh, with the concrete. And it's okay. And nobody in the world believed that except for our our mayor, uh, Drapo at the time, who went ahead and built everything that basically doesn't work and is falling apart. And I'm just hoping that because we're now in another construction boom, that we're doing things properly this time, or in 20 years, we'll be looking at everything that we've uh, we've uh, built now and going, hey, we might have to tear this down. Can again. you imagine after all the, the billions and billions of dollars, oh, not to mention the heartache and the heartbreak, uh, the world's top female chess players, very, very upset after being told they will be competing in next year's world championship, having to wear a hijab because the championship will be taking place in Iran. That is the host country. In response, grandmasters, well, they lined up to say they would boycott this tournament, uh, accusing the game's body of failing to stand up for women's rights, and hijabs have been mandatory for women in Iran since 1979. The strict laws enforced by the country's morality police. Chess players have been called upon to respect cultural differences and accept the regulations. Should they or should they boycott? I'll start first here. Damn right they should boycott. That's my short answer. <laughs> we don't force people to wear or not wear certain items here, at least not yet. You should not be forced to wear anything you don't want to wear if you go to Iran or anywhere else. Barry, I, I got to agree with you. I think that the chess players should really go with their guts on this one. Uh, I personally think that they should boycott it. I know for some people, the world championship is just, you know, maybe it's too important uh, for them to miss. But I think that uh, something this serious, you got to take your moral obligations and, uh, and, your, and just say, I'm not going to go to it as one step too far. Yeah, I'm a I'm a supporter of well, not the hijab. I don't I don't support the wearing of the hijab. I do support the choice of women to wear that if they want to if here. Sure. Um, sure. And I think that women should have that choice in Iran as well. Like if they want to wear the hijab, they they could and they should. But if they don't want to wear it, well, they don't have to. And and you know this whole thing about you should be culturally sensitive. No, you're the chess association. You you should be defending the rights uh, of your members, and you should be telling Iran that they should. They should respect cultural sensitivity, and your members don't want to do that. I, you know, if I was the women there, I would just like I would leave this association. This bunch of old guys, brandy sniffing, cigar stomping, chomping uh, morons. Um, and I, They're probably know, twirling I, I put, their mustaches I, even as you speak. Exactly, and and cackling. Uh, yeah, I, and you know, I'm a chess player. Like I like playing chess, and uh, but I'm, you know. Uh, I'm not. I would not be part of this association. Of course, they wouldn't have me either. But that's that's another point. Let's uh, let's end off on on the big issue of the day. It is official. Lady Gaga will headline the Super Bowl halftime show. If we're up to you, who would be the headliner, Paul? You mean other than me? Um... <laughs> other than the ripcords? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it would be the ripcords. That's a legitimate answer. Absolutely. Um, I you know what? Uh, I I kind of like the Lady Gaga idea. I mean, she is. Uh, you know what you need for. Uh, 
for the Super Bowl is more than just a rock and roll band or something. You need somebody who has a stage show who will do something crazy, and Lady Gaga probably would. I'll, I'll watch her with the sound off. I gotta agree. I gotta agree with Paul. Just because halftime show is all entertainment, I think it's more about the entertainment and the wow factor in the music. I, I, I guess Lady Gaga is my pick as well. She's pretty good. Uh, the Who for me, but they did perform like just a few years ago. So mm. give everybody a, a shot at it. I guess nobody, nobody over seventy-two. That's, just saying. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So you only got about what ten years left. That's yeah, I, uh, Paul got. I got at least fifteen, buddy. Lead singer of the Rip Chords, also teaches uh, journalism at Concordia University. Matt Gite is a producer here at CJAD. He produces Tommy Show, a Tommy Schnurmacher show, as a. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, CJAD.com.